0: Fuel for Warriors, episode 32. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. You think of 300, you think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Let's welcome to the show, Army veteran Bill Putnam. Being a warrior is
1: fight, knowing that you can kind of tough it out through any, any situation.
0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lawson Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. In this podcast, I talk to military veterans, athletes, and anybody else that, that resonates with the idea of being a warrior. We find out what it means to be a warrior, what challenges they face, and what ultimately inspires. We learn the fuel for their warrior. This week's guest is Army veteran Bill Putnam, and Bill's going to talk to us about his time in the military, serving before and after September 11, getting into photography, moving out of the veteran space, his education, and a number of other things, including challenges and inspiration. Before we get to the before we get to the interview, a small housekeeping note. Uh, Fuelful Warriors will soon be moving over to Libsyn from Blog Talk Radio, where we're currently hosted. In this transition, um, programming should still be consistent, but as we make the transition, please uh, forgive any uh, scheduling errors. Uh, But once the new feed is up and going um there will be – I'm not sure which episode it will be. Probably 33, 34, maybe even 35. One of those episodes, I'll announce that the Libsyn feed is then live in iTunes. And I will give you directions on how to subscribe to that feed as that is where the rest uh, – the future Feelful Warriors episodes will be hosted uh, and where you can subscribe to stay updated on that. I appreciate everybody – Taking the time to listen. I know there's a lot of options out there in the podcasting world. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this one. Without further ado, here is Army veteran Bill Putnam. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockandLowJava.com and use the coupon code fuel to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. What's going on, warriors? Welcome back to another episode of fuel for warriors This week's guest, Army veteran Bill Putnam. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, my me. pleasure. So we... Uh, we open the, each and every episode with the same question. It sets the tone. It, it strings all of these episodes together. And it is the theme of Feelful Warriors. And that is, what does it mean to be a warrior? And I've I found that veterans always have like a similar answer, but they're all, they're all so unique to each person. So, Bill, to you, what does it mean to be a warrior?
1: Man, being a warrior, that's... I. I being a warrior is I mean not to sound cliche, but fight knowing that you can kind of tough it out through any any situation and knowing that you've uh that you've faced the ultimate test, you've gone through the ultimate crucible of life and uh and being a warrior is being a grown up about coming home and um uh, not not getting on with life, but more like just using that pat that your past as a way of working through life's issues. And uh, being a warrior is you're not knowing you're not better than anybody else, but you've you've gone through something that no one else wants to go through. Yeah, Does that make any sense. You,
0: yeah, absolutely, and. You know, so you have a time of service that's uh, slightly earlier yeah. than uh, you know many of the guests that I have on here. A lot of the guests I have are post nine eleven veterans, but you served uh, before that and during. Yeah. Um. And so you you joined the army in nineteen ninety five. I'm assuming as an eighteen year old, nineteen year old. I was twenty. I was twenty one. Twenty yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. I was. I was.
1: Old. I was. I was old for that time.
0: Sure. Yeah. I yeah, I'm a I am I joined I joined at 20, so I know I know how what it's like to to hit that stage in life yeah. and and yeah. Um so what, you know, I I don't really want to go through the like where were you, but mm. how how did the the events of 9/11 change your perspective maybe on on what we're talking about here, as being a warrior or just the military in general, because mm. you know I, I've talked to people that were in boot camp, mm-hmm. you know when they, you know so they went from everybody around them was there to get free education benefits to they're all going to war, <laughs> uh, you know all all in the same you know the same slot of boot camp. Um, so you know, yeah, I, I don't necessarily you know if you, if it provides context, you can tell sort of where you were when it mm-hmm. happened, but. You know, talk to us maybe a little, little more about the aftermath and how your career shifted uh, with those events. Um, well, I,
1: you know, I joined
0: at 21, like
1: I said, to uh, to kind of get out of my situation at home. Not that my situation at home was was bad. I, you know, I grew up in Oregon and um, I just was not going anywhere and I needed I needed a, a fresh start. I needed to break away from all that to, you know, become an adult. Excuse me <clears throat> excuse me. So we uh I, I I enlisted and I shipped out and uh I had another I had two jobs in the middle, in the army. You know, I reclassed from one from from the other. So I don't know, It's just like I liked serving and um I liked being in the military and uh you know, I knew at some point if I stuck around long enough that given given America's uh you know uh, draw toward war. I mean, we seem to be drawn toward it as a culture and as a country. It's like every twenty years, you are going to war somewhere. And um, I knew if I stuck around, if I stuck around long enough, that we'd go to war. That I would be—I would find myself in a war zone at some point. And uh, so, I, I kind of used the time that we had. I tried to anyway to kind of get ready for the big game. And um, so, when I joined the guard, I kept volunteering for deployments and TDYs and all as a way to kind of you know, hone my craft, hone my, my craft within the, the greater craft of, you know, war making, you know, even though photography and videography sounds kind of, you know, superfluous to war. I mean, to the actual war fighting machine, it's still an important part of the war fighting machine to to the war fighting machine. So I kind of use that time to kind of gear myself up for it. And I went on some operational deployments uh, to, to Kosovo and um, I was actually at Fort Polk when 9/11 happened, and 9/11 was the first day of uh, the what they called the uh, Mission Rehearsal exercise. Uh, and we thought that when the platoon sergeant came in, and I was I was hanging out with the platoon of infantry from from 214 Infantry uh, out of 10th Mountain Division, and Kosovo at the time was like the the deployment to go on if, if you wanted to get any kind of operational experience for what we considered like the new normal, which is peacekeeping and stability operations, um, that you wanted to go to Kosovo or, or Bosnia. You wanted something in the, in the Balkans in Southeast Europe. And so when the platoon sergeant came in and said, oh, there's been an attack here and, you know, whatever's there and what and whatnot, we thought it was part of the exercise. You know how when you go exercise, they kind of blow things up and, and make things really crazy um, to kind of get you in that mindset. Well, we thought, no, no way. No, that isn't happening. And he goes, no, no, this is all real. And he used other words besides that, but you get the point. So somebody at the time had a had a pocket television. It was a little two-inch by two-inch uh, screen, black and white. And we watched uh, the Twin Towers come down um, on live television in the middle of nowhere in Louisiana. And I thought, oh, boy. Things of, you know, life as we know it is different. I didn't know how different it would be. I just knew life would be different. And, um, so again, I kind of, I, I'm, I, I use that time in Kosovo. I tried to anyway, to kind of get myself ready for what was next. Um, I didn't know what would be next. I thought that for sure we'd be going to, we'd be going to Afghanistan, um, uh, at some point, um, I, did, I definitely didn't even consider Iraq. Iraq was not on my, was not on my radar at all. I mean, it was obvious that the war originated from Afghanistan. It was planned for planning Afghanistan. Um, and so that was where we needed to be. Um, so when I got to Iraq, it was a little mind shock. Like, why are we here again? Um, but I, I was a professional soldier at that point. I, I went where I was told to go. Um, my personal feelings were, were left aside at the, at the door. Um, sure. And, and yeah, it was, it so, was, yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so since that time, um, both with your initial, um, 11 year stint in, in the army and mm-hmm. then the efforts that you had following that, um, how many, how much, you know, ballpark, how much total time have you spent in, in Afghanistan in that area?
1: I spent Afghanistan uh, just 18 months. Yeah, I didn't. Um, um, If we can kind of go back a little bit. Uh, I did the tour at Kosovo, came back, and then I got um, a job working for some newspapers in Seattle, where I was living at the time. And then uh, I was there for about a year, and then I got called up to go work at the Pentagon in 2003, which is the first year of that war. And... um, uh, so I was able; it was kind of good because I, I was able to get a Department of Defense, Department of Army uh, perspective uh, on what was happening as as an E4. <laughs> so to be an E4 running around the coast, running around the Pentagon was was great because no one knew what to do with me, um, and I could kind of go to these press conferences and briefings and and do stories with four star generals and undersecretaries of the Army and and interview sec- secretaries of the Army and and get a perspective of what was happening uh, from within the big building. Um, and I was also in touch with people who were downrange uh, in Iraq. So I was able to get like, I was able to get in- information and Intel that was pushing back to my unit back in Washington state. And um, so I was able to kind of get them spun up to a degree on what to, what to expect. And then we got to co I got, we got to Iraq and it was, uh, it was like what I've been hearing, but not quite. Um, um so I, it's where I, I used my time in Iraq in '04 because um, I thought, okay, I've reached, I've reached the I've reached the big game, and now I'm going to go out and play, and uh, and I did. I, I you know, war is the Super Bowl of a you know a service member a trooper's you know life, and if you get to play in it, you go and play in it with with full force, and I did. Um, so then I, that's what actually drove me back was to go back and continue covering that war. Um, I'd never been to Afghanistan. I wanted to go, but my experience was all Iraq. It was a story that I knew intimately. And so that's why, that's why, you know, I went back. Um, uh, but I was so, I guess, shell shocked by what I saw in Iraq that I took a long break from, from covering war, at least the active part of it. And, um, uh, in 2010, I, I felt ready enough that I went back. To it, and I went to Afghanistan, and I was uh, two months on the border with Afghan with pa- with Pakistan, and then I came back and uh, I got a job at the Pentagon, and because of my time downrange where I was, they put me in, tar- in charge of um, handling that area of the world for combat camera, and then I was able to tr- kind of drill down with people um, who were out in the field and figure out what what they needed and what they wanted, um, and then. I got a job to go to Afghanistan again to work for NATO, and I went. And I was there for what was supposed to be 12 months, but I volunteered for a four-month extension. So I was there for 16 months. Yeah. Yeah, so 18 months total in Afghanistan and two years in Iraq.
0: Yes. I mean, so you have a lot of war experience and you know experience in a war zone. And right before we hit record, you mentioned that you're done doing war. Yeah. Um, You know, let's let's talk about that transition, because I think that this is something um, something a lot of veterans um, struggle with. And and that's being done with the, you know, done with that part of their lives. And, um, you know, I'd I'd like to hear sort of what you were, you know, what led to the decision to be like, you know what this, you know, I've done I've done what I wanted to do. And now it's time for something else.
1: I think it was, it was, there was no like one central event. There was no like, you know, you see the movies, there's like, there's one event that kind of says a person says I'm done with something, you know, like in a war movie, there's one big battle and he comes out of it unscathed and whatever. And he's like, okay, I'm done for me. It was a lot of, um, it was a lot of time being in the mix and, um, not being a part of my family. I don't have a wife or kids, but, uh, not being a part of, You know, my family having my mother worry about me all the time. You know, my dad worry about me all the time. It was just, you know, it was stressful. And um, at some point, you that stress is just is not healthy. I mean, stress isn't healthy at all. But the amount of stress that I was putting myself under was not right. Was not good. And at some point, it would, you know, it would break me. So yeah I think it was for me I think it was just a lot of different things you know people I know were dying uh, friends colleagues of mine in the civilian world were dying covering war um, uh, they were disappearing in Syria and um not that I had any desire to go to Syria even when it was still you know civil disturbance uh before it turned into what it is now um I just was you know I said i'm I just figured, okay I'm done. you know I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I'm walking out of it and at at that point I was thirty nine um, I was walking out of it with most of my faculty, my mental faculties intact. Uh, I still have my, my fingers and my toes. Uh, I wanted to go out on my terms, so I went on on my terms. It was you know it was it was done. I, I was talking to some friends about about this weekend, um, uh, a unit that I had been with in Iraq uh, had a reunion out of Nashville and they, they invited me out and, um, and I'm really, really close with a lot of these guys. And, um, and you know, they were like, so, you know, when do you know you're done? I go, I'm done because I say I'm done. And, um, you know, one of them who's one of the guys who's, you know, was like, you know, you're just getting too old for this shit. I was like, yeah, yeah, probably you're probably right. I am. Um, and he could tell he we know each other long enough. John and I had known each other long enough that that he could tell when I was like like exhausted, and um, I was I was I was physically and mentally exhausted from from covering and being in those situations. Um, uh, I think, and because I've been on both sides of that house, I mean, both in and out of the military, um, I've covered it both as a soldier and as a civilian, and um, and so i have a different perspective on what what it is to be, you know, a be,
0: to constantly
1: be running off to war zones and yeah um yeah
0: so what's um you know what's next then and i and i guess not, you know, i don't need to know what the you know the the next project mm-hmm. is but a lot of you know when when veterans transition from, you know, their 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 military lifestyle to something that's not um you know sometimes it's you know it, it was inspiration they found um while they were there something they've had to put on the back burner while they you know exhaust their military life you know what what sort of efforts will bill putnam get, be getting involved in now that it's time to put you know the rest of that behind you
1: uh well for now I, you know the the goal that i have is is uh you know finish my undergraduate work um at a u american and um and then you know try and move on with my life from there um I joke around that I have no idea when what i'm gonna do when I grow up, but um I kinda do i mean i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay in journalism, but it'll be uh here in the states um or you know or in europe yeah um, but I guess yeah. the uh
0: like the theme of your content i guess is uh it's a lot of it what, it's I, gonna be
1: all over the place i think uh it's okay. a good question um and it's actually helping me focus now like in my head, I'm thinking like what am I gonna do next and I've had these ideas in my head where i'm gonna i think i'm gonna do a lot of veteran stuff about what it is to come home and um I'm also going to be Uh, I think I'm going to kind of move into not necessarily all environmental, you know, policy and environmental coverage. Um, But I'm interested in what's happening, um, you know, to use the blanket term, the environment um, and what we're, what we are doing into it as a, as a species. Um, And um, so that's, I think that's what I'm going to be doing. You know, I did a, a project last semester for, a backpack documentary class that was a lot of fun, and I'm still following up with that on uh, on bees and beekeeping, and um, uh, you know the the role that that bees play um, in in our food cycle. You know,
0: okay. so like, and it sounds yeah. really
1: obscure, but it's one of those things where you know you people people cry about the zombie apocalypse. Well, you know, like, the zombie apocalypse is real if we don't have nothing to eat. Um, because, you know, bees are responsible for at a minimum from what I've been, what I gather a third of our food that we eat. Um, they're either directly or indirectly, you know, tied to it. So like, I like drinking beer. Well, beer, you know, bees are to our bees are tied to that. Um, I like eating, you know, I like eating nachos. Bees are tied into that. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, you know, that's what I want to kind of follow up on and keep. It's like my lifelong project. And I've got other projects where I want to do where it's, you know, following up on veterans and and, you know, post-traumatic stress uh, treatment. You know, it's, you know, the signature wound of, that, of the wars that we've been involved in is is P- PTSD and, and TBI. Um, I I in the process now of working with the VA to get a diagnosis a for a formal diagnosis for that. Um so, you know, and I know a lot of a lot of my guys, a lot of guys I'm not with, I'm still really close with all have PTS. So, um, yeah, and I want to follow up with that and figure out how what they're doing and um, n- and uh, new treatments for, for that. Who
0: uh, who who was your professor in your documentary class, your backpack documentary class or backpack journalism uh, class?
1: Uh, it, was, it wasn't journalism, it was doc it was documentary there's, i guess it was documentary two, yeah uh sam uh, medis he's not he's he was an adjunct um he was a gotcha. got usa today not anymore but um, yeah. everyone i know who's taking that class or another the other the other classes they you know they've all come out of it pretty well i mean it's it's yeah it's a good class i liked it it taught me a lot yeah
0: i'm, I'm taking it uh next semester so i'm looking looking forward to nice. it nice it's,
1: it's yeah. a good one yeah do you have anything which you want to do yet? Do you know what you want to do? First story.
0: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I and the reason why I asked about you know where where's your content going now? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to um, you know people may I don't know if this will surprise people or not. I'm I'm in the 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 final stretch of my veteran efforts um i have i'm I'm actually writing a book about um about the veteran community and what it's been like having a life solely themed on being a veteran and you know like i'm going to school because i'm a veteran a lot of the professional opportunities i've gotten has been because i'm a veteran i get invited to speak on panels because i'm a veteran and you know I, it's like, it's a credential that people require with some of the other efforts that I, you know, like I've, I'm doing my, my podcast on veteran suicide and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and being a veteran is what makes that possible. You know, if I was a civilian, there's no way that, you know, my efforts would be as, as recognized, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that sense. And, but I'm getting, I don't want to pigeon my pigeonhole myself there. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want my... I don't want to get to a point where I can only apply to jobs that are veteran related because that's the only thing that I have that's going for, that, that's the only thing that I, my resume will show. Yeah, And and so I've been, you know, fuel for war. You know, I used to do the Veteran Empire podcast, which was veteran focused. And when we ended that, and I, and I you know, I did fuel for warriors with, with Lock and Load Job, I told them, you know, I'll have, you know, I I love having veterans on the on the show, but I also want to talk to athletes and other people that resonate with the idea of being a warrior because I want to, you know, expand my uh my skill set. You know, yeah. I want to get into, you know, different parts of uh different parts of the world and and that's been you know, so I was curious as to where, you know, where you were looking uh content-wise because I'm personally, you know, right now trying to, you know, the when I when I finish this book and publish it, it'll be the last major like veteran related thing that I do and, and past that other than the veteran suicide podcast, you know, nothing will be specifically veterans in, in my, my, my set.
1: Yeah. And that, that's also, I, I'm trying to do that as well. Um, I love being a veteran. I love having that connection with other people who I've never, I never would have met otherwise. Um, I love having that in common with them. You know, like I'm sure we'll go hang out and we'll, we'll go to Guapo's by campus and we'll drink beer and do whatever and hang out and, and shoot the breeze, but um, you know, and I like the guys that I that I hung out with in, in Iraq that I'm still in touch with. Um, you know, when I was a civilian and a soldier. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying not to let that become my life, professional yeah. professional life, and um, it's got me a lot of cachet to get in certain things like in 2007 i i interned and then eventually went to work at npr and they had me do a lot of iraq and afghanistan related stuff because i knew yeah. people there i had sources that were that were still that living downtown um um they had me working on on those kinds of stories as they related to being back here like i was an intern i helped book a story like a five-part story on on people who are just coming back and we did something with, you know, contractors and soldiers and department of state and whatever, you know, and, um, you know, that I had to track these people down and, and, um, and, um, you know, and then when I was staffing, I worked at, uh, I worked at the same show and I was able to book, uh, David Petraeus, uh, Both times he appeared on NPR um, because of my connections with with him and his staff. So, um, you know, I worked on the Hill for a little while as a freelance photojournalist. Um, I was covering a lot of Iraq and Afghanistan-related hearings, which drove me crazy because, you know, some of the things I was hearing up there were completely uh, 180 of what was happening in real life, downrange. Um, But now that it's been – I've been back – you know, from I've been back from Afghanistan. It'll be three years, and you know, next year. And I'm like I said, man, I've done the done. You know, walk the walk and talk the talk. And now I just want to kind of go a, around and do my own thing. And if people find out that I'm a veteran, great. If they don't, I'm not going to go out of my way to tell them. You know, yeah, it's like, just absolutely. I, I, you know, I want all of us who did our bit down range or whatnot during this time of, of forever war to, uh, to kind of come back home and, 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 you know, do, do well. And it's, it's like coming home is not, if we can go back to the question was, you know, the, no one has, there's no right transition home at all. It's all about, um, doing what you want to do and doing it ethically and morally. Um, you know, don't go robbing banks to pay for school or, you know, find a job, find that first job, go to school. Um, and, you know, I mean, I don't know if we can cuss on here, but you know, just don't be a shit bag
0: and, <laughs>
1: you know, and you're going to be fine. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's it was crazy because, you know, um, when I, when I came back from Iraq both times, Uh, The last time, especially, man, I was just a raging, raging prick, you know, Um, and I knew that I was, but I I also knew that eventually I would calm down. And I have for the most part. I'm still going to be, you know, there's still going to be bouts of of that where I'm going to be, you know, flying off the handle. And I don't want to, you know, that's just that's normal, though. I mean, it's it's, it's normal for us to be that way. You just can't do it around others. And I try not to. That's probably why. Um, so I, yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So the you know to to round off the uh, the discussion, you know, now that we've you know we've learned about your time in the military and and, and where your career uh, may be going now, uh, you know, let's talk about you know your, your challenges in life. Is something that you know everything every every warrior has in their life is is always a constant set of challenges. Uh, but I think what what makes uh, a warrior different from, from other classes maybe is they, you know, it, every challenge is taken uh, seriously and methodically almost. And uh, I'd like to hear either a personal or professional challenge that you're facing right now and what you're doing to better overcome it.
1: Well, I, the, I think the biggest challenge that we all face is just coming home and, and readjusting to what we've seen, what we've been through. Um, you know, the mill, like, I got. I was. I served during. during I served during the pre nine the, eleven time, and 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 I came home and I went to moved to Seattle and I got a job and I was going to school and um, waiting on my on my school for the guard to kick up to open up, and I knew, I just felt different than anybody else. So that was ninety eight, and then I came back in Kosovo and for my my first deployment there, and I just felt really different. Like oh my god, you know. I've just been through something that I thought was just pure misery and it was horrible over there. At least that's what I thought. Um, and then Iraq, obviously, Iraq, especially, um, personal, you know, I think it's just learning how to not, you know, put your experiences on anybody else, not force your experiences on, on anybody else. Is the biggest challenge I think uh, for me. Oh, well, not for me, but for a lot of us. And we all have our own little different ways of doing that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was coming home and finding finding work, and and becoming a, a productive part of society, uh, which is what I think every vet wants to do. Yeah, is is to is to be productive because for a long time they were, they were productive. They did something, and they come home and they have. Now what do I do? They don't have anyone telling them what to do. Um, wanting to be there, you know. There's no, there's no punishment for being, you know, a little bit late. Um, uh, you know, you're not desensitized, but your level of, of, I guess not, you know, your level of caring. I don't know what words are failing me right now, but.
0: But <laughs> like your but like your
1: perspective is a lot different than anybody else's than doesn't matter if you serve in peacetime or not, and you've got to be aware of that. That's the biggest thing that I've I've had to learn the hard way. Um, and uh you know, and I I thought I, I got into journalism thinking I I wouldn't need a degree, you know, like we talked before we hit record. I'm not a guy who likes school. Um I'm just not. And I, I got into journalism thinking I could I could have a professional career without a degree. And yeah. I found out the hard way that, you know, I got the we love your work, but uh, ellipses and the ellipses was I needed a degree. Um, so for me, it was about, I guess, knuckling, knuckling down and, and like it, it was, and getting my degree and and using the drive and the organizational you know, or the semi organizational skills I learned in the military on how to tackle a problem. And, um, and just know that the the people at the school are there, to, like AU at the SOC have been amazing, amazingly flexible about, uh, about working with me and others like you to kind yeah. of like make that transition. Absolutely. I have no idea if I'm answering your questions, man. I just
0: yeah, no, that's that. You're 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 doing fine. Okay. Uh, you know. So lastly, what you know, the, the 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 title of the show is Fuel for Warriors, and so we have to talk about the fuel. Uh, you know, what's what's inspiring you to continue uh on this path of journalism and school and even you know, I it feels it sounds like you're a little like me where in the midst of having to get a degree, you're sort of like kind of annoyed with it, that, that that's the case. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what's getting up every morning, what's, what's getting you to campus and, and doing what you needed to do. Uh,
1: I think a lot of it is the people who are there. It's all, it's, it's personality driven. Um, I, you know, SOC is a small school and I could, um, you know, I could, run into people and talk to them on a virtually a daily basis. And everyone is curious enough about the subject they're taking to, you know, have these, have a discussion about whatever. And, um, I think it's the people that are there. I've not had like one bad experience with people, um, at, at the university. Uh, and plus I'm learning a lot. I mean, I get to like, I, last semester I took a class in European cinema, you know, and it's more than, than smoky, ca- you know, smoky cafes in Paris and black and white. There's a whole range of films that I, that I didn't, that I kind of knew existed, but didn't really know that, that I hadn't really personally experienced. But now I've, I've learned about European cinema and I, I like European cinema. Um, uh, I took a class in this also in foreign policy and the media. And, it's like, oh, so they put a lot of things in perspective. So for me, it's about putting things in perspective. And okay. now that I'm on the back end of the back end of, you know, what I did, I'm to the right of where I was a few years, what I was doing a few years ago. For me, it's about right now. It's about, oh, so this is why. OK, got it. Um, and now I know. Now I know how to. You know, now I know what I'm looking at when I'm seeing it.
0: Right. Like There's, there's
1: no pattern of it.
0: Sure, Bill. Thank you so much for joining. us. Thank you, us, my pleasure. It's it's been uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Finally, we you and I got a chance to connect. Yeah, and you know I, I look forward to uh, to seeing what you do next. I hope that you share it with me so I can share it with uh, with the audience. Absolutely. And where you know where, for anybody who's listening, who's intrigued that wants to follow you and your work, where can they find you? The Twitter, the internet's where. Uh,
1: well, my Twitter handle is Twitter and Instagram handles are the same. It's Bill Putnam photo. It's B i l l p u uh, t. Here I'm going to military. November alpha Mike photo, <laughs> uh, and then my my website is Photo dot net, which uh, is undergoing a a slow reboot. Um, <laughs> I had to go do a bunch of layup and find. I have new work to put up that I've got to get ready for it. But um, yeah, uh, slow a slow rollout of my of my life's work is happening as we speak. Very um, cool. So that's where you can find me.
0: Wonderful, and, and we, we look forward to hearing more from you. Bill, it was a pleasure. My
1: question. Have a good one, man.
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to lockandlowjava.com using promo code fuel warriors for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.